Hey everybody, it's Father Edward Looney, the host of How They Love Mary and author of the new book, How They Love Mary, 28 Life-Changing Stories of Devotion to Our Lady, available from Sophia Institute Press. I am enjoying so much my weekly conversations with different guests about the lessons as we go through the book one by one, person by person. Did you know that you could wear a sock honoring many of the different individuals who are found in How They Love Mary? In the month of June, I'll be talking about St. Therese of Lisieux and St. Kateri Tekakwitha and Fulton Sheen. Those three individuals all have a sock at Sock Religious. And when I talk about St. Faustina, well, she's the visionary who received the Divine Mercy. And you can find a pair of Divine Mercy socks at Sock Religious. Head over to Sock Religious by using the link in the show notes and begin wearing socks for the glory of God and in honor of the saints. Hello, my name is Father Edward Looney, and you're listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary, a podcast that I hope will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. We are continuing our weekly series going through the different profiles of my latest book, How They Love Mary, 28 Life-Changing Stories of Devotion to Mary. And today I'm very excited to talk about Fulton Sheen. I think lots of people have a familiarity with Fulton Sheen, especially if you watch EWTN. You'll see old broadcasts of his show, Life is Worth Living. And people have read his writings. He was a profound preacher, a great tele-evangelist, won an Emmy, all of these things. So lots of people have familiarity with Fulton Sheen. For me, I'll confess that it took me a while to warm up to Fulton Sheen. Part of the reason was that um, I, I just tried to dive into his writings, his books, you know, on topics that I was interested in. And for some reason, I just never could make my way through them. And then one day, I just happened to pick up Treasure in Clay, which is his autobiography. I read his autobiography. I felt like I knew the man. And then I could read his other books. And I'm very grateful to have discovered Fulton Sheen and his great love for the Blessed Mother captured in his book, The World's First Love. He talks about Mary in other books, especially his books on priesthood, like The Priest is Not His Own. He has written so much. Uh, and there's so much for us to unpack about him. You can listen to some of his homilies, to some of his talks on an app out there called the Fulton Sheen app. You have to pay for it. I paid for it, but I really enjoyed uh, listening to some of those talks. And in fact, they were some of my resources for the lesson on Fulton Sheen in the book, How They Love Mary. So today I'm speaking with one of the people who is a great expert on Fulton Sheen. He has compiled anthologies of Archbishop Fulton Sheen's work, drawing upon the many different sources we have of Sheen and thematizing them by 
the sacraments or the greatest commandment and the cries of Jesus from the cross. And all of these anthologies are available from Sophia Institute Press, the same publisher of How They Love Mary. Today, I am speaking with Al Smith, and he is the editor of that series of books that I just referenced. He's a husband, a father, a grandfather, a man of trade. He's actually, I think, a plumber, uh, internet broadcaster and retreat director. He's also the founder and the director of the Archbishop Fulton Sheen Mission Society of Canada and has served on the board of directors for the Sheen Foundation in Peoria, Illinois. And today I'm grateful he joins me to share all things Fulton Sheen with us. Father Ed, it is great to be here. And, uh, you know, we both have uh, a similar love of Fulton Sheen's writings, but we also share the same love for the Blessed Virgin Mary. And I think this is where I enjoy that you've written so much about her. And uh, Fulton Sheen, you know, he dedicated every one of his books to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And so um, a kind of a nice little um, touch, I like to say. And, you know, do we consecrate our day and our activities to the Blessed Virgin Mary and ask her to help us. So uh, just, a, again, a, a very uh, gentle approach, um, always inviting us to have a relationship with her. But um, I think if you read Sheen, uh, you'll get it. You'll get it. If people go to the acknowledgments of the book, How They Love Mary, they'll see your name in the back of the book because uh, you were very kind to share with me some of your own insights. Actually, you recorded a little video and sent it to me, so that was very helpful. Uh, and I was able to put together uh, some of that and incorporate that into the lesson on Fulton Sheen. And one of the things you mentioned in that video was that he was consecrated. So you just use the word consecrate, our day to Our Lady. And he was consecrated from the very early days of his life, from the day of his baptism. He was consecrated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. He gave his priesthood to the intercession of Our Lady, vowing to always celebrate a Mass on Saturday in honor of Our Lady. So he did have that tremendous Marian devotion and that sense of giving our day, giving our life to the Blessed Mother. Yes, and I think of his holy parents, and I, I, I say to people, you don't know the effect you're having on a child sometimes, but just trusting God. And so to have Fulton Sheen's mother take that little baby on the day of his baptism, approach the beautiful statue of Our Lady that was in the church, and just say to God, God, I give you my child, but especially to the Blessed Virgin Mary, I give him to you and your care. And so that entrustment. And, of course, uh, Fulton Sheen's mother told Fulton Sheen beautiful little stories about Our Lady. And uh, he developed this love for her as a young boy. And, in fact, on his first Holy Communion, um, he made another dedication to her. And so to see children love the Blessed Virgin Mary is such a beautiful thing. And um, again, these are the stories that have been recounted uh, over the years of how Fulton Sheen's parents uh, very much nurtured a love for the Blessed Virgin Mary and fostered his vocation and to this entrustment. So again, to all parents out there, don't be afraid to consecrate your children into the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Uh, it will pay big dividends later on in life. Now, I'm very curious how you got involved with Fulton Sheen in your own life. Now, am I right? You are a plumber. Is that by trade? 
Yes, uh, my papers say that I'm a pipe fitter, uh, a technician. I mean, there's people that sometimes wonder I'm a class one fitter, which means I can work on the big stuff. And, um, you know, I specialize in gas piping. Um, a lot of people call me the pipe padre because I do spiritual reflections on the radio, uh, but also spin pipes uh, during the day. So uh, I do have trade papers and, uh, you know, became licensed uh, back in 1990. So that was a couple years ago. But uh, no, I am, a, I am a man of trade. And how does a person then with that background become so devoted and so familiar and become an expert, really, on Fulton Sheen? Yeah. Well, I, I always say, you know, there's uh, 24 hours in a day and we go to work for eight to 10 hours and uh, we have some time on our hands. And, um, you know, it was a little God incident that happened in my life. Uh, my wife and I were dropping one of our daughters off to a little Catholic college uh, called Our Lady Seat of Wisdom College. And so it's Our Lady uh, there. And um, I was getting my daughter off to the dorm uh, safely, as any good father would, wanted to make sure she was in protective custody. And um, again, my wife was in the library looking through the books, and there was a box of free books. And uh, so she picked up Fulton Sheen's book, Peace of Soul. And uh, I asked her about the book, and she started to read it to me, and uh, because we had a five-hour drive to go home. And the very first line of that book was simply, unless souls are saved, nothing is saved. And when I heard Fulton Sheen um, you know, make that uh, expression about saving souls, I thought, how refreshing. We don't hear that language anymore about saving souls. And so uh, Fulton Sheen got my attention. And uh, when we got home uh, from that five-hour car ride, I looked up a few of his books on the internet and realized he wrote 66 books. And um, I looked at the title of the books, and uh, there was a little book called Victory Over Vice. And um, it was Sheen's um, teachings on how to overcome the seven deadly sins uh, using the seven last words. And so once I read Sheen, um, I was hooked. And um, I just started to, in my spare time, read him and read him and read him. And, um, you know, I volunteer at a local community radio station. Um, I've been doing a rosary show on the radio since 2006. And um, there I just said to the um, managers of the station, could I put some old Fulton Sheen recordings on the radio? And they gave me permission, and uh, the next thing you know, I have a Bishop Sheen show that's heard on 20 radio stations, and it's still just a labor of love I do in my spare time. And uh, so, again, you make time. You make time for things you love. And, uh, again, this is just one of my loves. Uh, so, again, it's that uh, my wife calls me a renaissance man. <laughs> you know, you're a plumber, pipe fitter, writer, radio host. But, uh, again, St. Joseph was a bit of a renaissance man, too, I think. Uh, uh, they called him a tacton. So he did carpentry, um, masonry, lots of different things. So uh, God is good. He uses, uh, you know, plumbers. He uses fishermen. He uses tax collectors uh, and even tent makers to do his bit. So I'm um, glad to do that. It's interesting you brought up that one book, Victory Over Vice, and uh, the seven deadly sins compared to the seven last words. Now, personally, I haven't read that book, and so I never would have thought about it like that. But, you know, I can only imagine what he would have said. Uh, of course, I'm thinking about the Blessed Mother and how Jesus from the cross says, Woman, behold your son, son, behold your mother. 
And from that hour, the disciple took Mary into his home. And so how he would have incorporated that last word of Christ about his mother into one of those vices. You know, if I had to venture a guess, again, I haven't read the book, but one of the seven deadly sins is pride. And so Mary is the humble virgin of Nazareth. So I can only imagine that maybe he made that connection, but perhaps there's something else that he uh, connected it to. Right. Um, the actual, what he did was he connected it to the sin of lust. And, oh. um, of course, because the sins of the flesh, um, she paid a price in that she saw her son become unfleshed. And so uh, to see that, but, of course, she is purity. And so uh, if you're struggling with impurity, then go to Mary. And uh, so that was the connection to say, uh, take her into your home. Let her be your protective custody. Uh, invite her to sit at uh, supper with you. Take her to your hockey games. Take her to, uh, you know, when you go out to restaurants. Um, bring her into your life because, um, you know, Fulton Sheen would write many times, don't do anything that your mother would be ashamed of. And so it's amazing how she can curb your behavior. She can help you become a better person uh, if she's in your life. And so um, that was the whole teaching of Fulton Sheen. If you want to become holy, go to Mary. She spent 30 years forming Christ in Nazareth. And, uh, of course, uh, we want to become like Christ, so who better to raise us than his mother? So uh, timely advice that Fulton Sheen would give in many of his books. We're talking a lot about the Blessed Mother because I'm a Marian theologian. I wrote the book, How They Love Mary. I'm always curious about St. Joseph. And so did he write anything about St. Joseph or, or incorporate St. Joseph into some of these books that he had written? He makes mention of St. Joseph in the book, The World's First Love, uh, a book he penned in 1952. And uh, even Mother Angelica will quote Fulton Sheen regarding St. Joseph. And, um, of course, Fulton Sheen uh, depicts St. Joseph as a young man. And he mentions in his book, um, you know, uh, old men don't cross the desert to go to Egypt. And, um, you know, he talks about his resiliency and, um, again, how he would have had to been a, a younger man uh, to do that. But, again, his great love for the Christ Child and the Blessed Virgin Mary. Um, you know, I'm not aware of Fulton Sheen writing a book on St. Joseph, uh, but he did make mention of St. Joseph in the book, The World's First Love. You mentioned Sheen wrote 66 books, I think. So have you read all of Fulton Sheen? Um, I would say I've opened and um, gone through the pages of 60 of them. Uh, some of them I'm still resisting. Um, there's a book on science that he wrote. and I, I'm not really a science major, and um, so I haven't really read that. It's a bit over my head. Um, and, um, you know, there's others, but it's, um, you know, my passion is for, uh, like I say, the, the sacramental life, the prayer life, um, and this, these are why I've put these anthologies together on uh, Sheen's writings on prayer, his writings on the sacraments, uh, his writings on the power of the cross, because we know, as uh, we have read in the scriptures, that unless we preach Christ and him crucified, there, there's something beautiful about the cross and that great love story. And so uh, this is kind of where I'm really uh, focusing my energies. And uh, with the war going on in the Ukraine and Russia, and uh, war has been going on for a long time in other areas of the world, I thought it was appropriate at this time to bring up Sheen's writings 
that on war and peace. And so I made an anthology uh, with his writings from the 1940s when World War II was on. So um, there's spiritual warfare and there's real war. And um, again, I think people are looking to say, can someone give me some advice on this? Because Fulton Sheen lived through two World War Wars. And, of course, uh, spoke on his Catholic Hour broadcast each week to millions of Americans who were looking to make sense of this thing. So um, these are great words of consolation. They're his reflections. And it's my latest anthology called War and Peace. So, uh, again, uh, the Blessed Mother is there at the foot of the cross during that great battle over Satan and sin. And, of course, our Lord wins the battle and uh, victory is won. You mentioned that the book on science, for example, was over your head. And Fulton Sheen was a great intellectual. He ended up going to study in Leuven in Belgium. And so he gets a doctorate in theology. Uh, just a, a brilliant and a learned man. So um, do you think people struggle sometimes reading him because of his great intellect? Right. I say to people that Fulton Sheen uh, spoke to the issues of the day. And so, you know, he wrote a book, say, for example, called Liberty, Equality, Fraternity. And it was his response to, uh, you know, the Masonic Order, the uh, revolution in France, uh, you know, uh, a little bit of history, a little bit of uh, theology blended in. But, you know, it's not for everyone. Uh, but it was very much a response when he wrote Peace of Soul. Again, it was a response in 1949 to writings that were in the marketplace at the time. So if you look at the chronological history of the world and what Sheen was writing towards, he was spot on. He was current. And so this is why sometimes you can go back and say that his writings are like he's writing today because the same issues prevail today. But there's other books that he's written that I think are just uh, of that period and maybe aren't as appropriate today. Um, so again, they're not being republished or they're not on anyone's radar. So there's a few books like that. But generally, most of his uh, books are um, even good, even today, because truth is never out of season. The truth is um, it's eternal. And so um, I think that's what Fulton Sheen is. So of the 66 books... Um, you know, there's 50 of them, I think, that you could republish today, and they would be bestsellers. Um, and there's a few, like I say, a half dozen to a dozen of them that uh, were very much for the time, and uh, maybe wouldn't make as much sense today if they were republished. Sure. I want to maybe look at a few of your anthologies, because I think there's something that we could take away from them, obviously. The, your first one was The Cries of Jesus from the Cross, and you talked about Fulton Sheen writing about the seven last words of Christ, and so we hear his cry from the cross. His cry was one for forgiveness. His cry was one, you know, to the Father in prayer, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Uh, he thirsted, so he makes these cries from the cross. What drew you to focus on the cross itself? Right. I think what Fulton Sheen did that amazed me was he would apply it to different topics and themes every year, um, almost like he was saying, I want the cross 
to be a part of your life in every aspect. Um, you know, I think when I look again historically how he wrote, he you know he wrote about the seven last words in 1933 and. Of course, we know those. Some people call them the seven statements. Uh, but then in 1935, he took the Our Father uh, and the seven petitions of the Our Father, a uh, prayer that we all hopefully pray each day, um, and attached the seven last words to the seven petitions of the Our Father. And I thought, boy, this is brilliant. He's helping me now think of the cross when I pray the Our Father. And then in 1936, he wrote a book called Calvary and the Mass, where he takes the seven parts of the Mass and applies it to the seven last words on Calvary. And now when I go to Mass, I think of the words, Father, forgive, when we come to the confidior. And, you know, again, because just the way he plugged everything together. And I thought, wow, now I'm thinking about the cross on the Mass. And then he wrote a book on the Beatitudes, the cross and the Beatitudes. So, when I think of blessed are the meek, I think of one of the seven last words. And so he thought, okay, if you think Beatitudes, think the cross. And then the next year, it was about the seven deadly sins and the seven last words. And then the next year, the seven virtues and the seven last words. So it didn't matter if it was about the Our Father, the Mass, virtues, vice, the Blessed Virgin Mary, difficult people, uh, sorrow. He every year he said, I can apply the cross to everything in your life. And I think because he wants the cross to be the center, um, to us to reflect on the cross. And Fulton Sheen wrote many times, there's two types of people in the world, those who run away from the cross and what it represents and those who go to the cross and embrace it. So um, I, I just thought, you know, we live in a world where there's lots of pain, suffering, sorrow. People don't understand pain. Uh, yet Fulton Sheen makes it very clear of it has meaning. Uh, there is a reason for this. And of course, though, that got me very much attracted and it was very easy for me to compile my first anthology because there was so much material. And I put the book into a retreat uh, style book uh, where you could meditate on, say, one of the words uh, seven different ways. You could look at I thirst seven different ways or the words Father forgive seven different ways and um so it's a beautiful collection that i still find is selling well it's um we're in our sixth printing of the book so um it's it's sold out five times so that's a nice problem to have as a publisher and a writer but um again it's just um people looking to the cross as the answer so uh, that anthology was easy to compile and of course has um, blessed so many lives over the years now. So um, let's uh, continue to go to the cross and uh, and find our Blessed Mother there at the foot of the cross. Uh, and that's where we became her children. I think of that beautiful word you mentioned it earlier, woman behold your son, and to the apostle love behold your mother. At that moment we became children of Mary through a very beautiful spiritual adoption. Uh, Jesus, yes, he was her firstborn. The scriptures tell us that. But uh, St. John became her secondborn, and uh, St. Andrew and St. Peter, third and fourth, and we're her millionth and millionth born. Uh, we are her children through a very beautiful spiritual adoption. So uh, let us always remember that. Well, Lord, Teach Us to Pray is another anthology, and I think this is something that really gets to the heart of the Christian life. Prayer is essential. It's our life breath. It's our communication with God. And 
We pray the Our Father. You mentioned the Our Father, those petitions that Jesus taught us to pray for. So that's one way. In fact, that phrase, Lord, teach us to pray, was the request of the apostles. They wanted Jesus to teach them how to pray. And in our own lives, then, there are different devotions that we pray. So we might pray the Rosary, the Divine Mercy Chaplet, all of these different uh, forms of prayer. There's scripted prayers, but then there's also prayer from the heart. What advice does Fulton Sheen give us about developing and fostering our prayer life? Well, he challenges us with, um, you know, making time. And uh, I think this is always the excuse people give is, uh, oh, I don't have any time. I uh, I don't know. I'm a busy person. And, you know, what am I going to say to God anyway? Like, they're, they're, we're always making excuses. But um, Fulton Sheen on his radio addresses uh, pleaded with Catholics, Jews, and Protestants to spend an hour each day in prayer, to uh, open up the scriptures and meditate on God's love for the world. And um, I think it's this idea of a call to prayer. We like to think, you know, are we being called to prayer? But Fulton Sheen was saying that, and, you know, he petitioned us to make an examination of conscience every day. But um, I think what he really loved to do is is preach the holy hour, uh, trying to spend an hour in front of the Blessed Sacrament, uh, if possible, and to just have a conversation with God, uh, not only to speak, but to listen. Uh, sometimes in prayer we do all the talking, but sometimes prayer we have to learn how to listen, uh, listen to the Lord. And so he was good at that. He was a good prayer coach, uh, in that he would uh, give us uh, ways to pray in the sense that he wrote a beautiful book called The Holy Hour Prayer Book. And that's included in Lord Teach Us to Pray. Uh, some beautiful meditations to take in to the chapel with you. And of course, Fulton Sheen gives us 10 good reasons to make a holy hour. And so sometimes we ask our mother, why should we do that? And she'll say, well, I'll, let me give you 10 good reasons or five good reasons. So uh, he gives us many good reasons to make a holy hour. So again, that book, Lord Teach Us to Pray, has helped uh, thousands of people because I think that's one thing we all struggle with is prayer. But uh, if we go to the Blessed Virgin Mary and ask us, uh, she taught our Lord how to pray and she can help us too in our prayer life. Well, definitely. That is for sure. And she models prayers for us, her her fiat at the Annunciation, let it be done to me according to your word. She prays the Magnificat, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. So Mary was a woman of prayer, and also uh, when she's come in her apparitions, she's drawn us and instructed us, requested specific prayers, like in Fatima, which uh, she said, pray the rosary every day for peace in the world. And I know Fulton Sheen had a great love for Fatima. He had a great love for Our Lady of Lourdes. He was a pilgrim to both of those destination sites uh, many times. And there are great anecdotes uh, about his trip, including I I just love in Lourdes how he didn't know how he was going to pay for his hotel room. And he told Our Lady she had to take care of it. And on the last day of his trip, this... um, businessman comes up to him and says, you know, do you speak English? He's like, yes. Would you be our tour guide? Would you go to Paris with us? And, and, uh, Fulton said, yes. And, and then, uh, the man asked, well, did you pay your hotel bill yet? And, uh, so our lady came through at the last hour, uh, for him in that situation. Yes. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, he, 
<laughs> you know, he tells these stories because he wants us to have that same trust. Um, you know, he, he's gone before us, and he says, I've been down that road. And, uh, you know, that was one of many stories. But uh, I remember him telling a story of Fatima. And, of course, uh, a million pilgrims came to pray, and uh, it was raining. And, um, you know, they offered Fulton Sheen a cot to sleep on. And, yes, he, he went and slept on the cot for just a, a little while. But he was just so drawn to come back to the people. Uh, he couldn't rest when he knew everybody was out in the rain praying. And so he joined them in the rain and, um, again, um, kind of suffered with them a little bit in the elements. But still, you could see a man of an example, a holy example, to say that, um, you know, he was willing to give up uh, and make sacrifice. And, um, you know, he says in many of his writings and some of his talks about asking for a cross <laughs> to save a soul. And um, he had many times where he said, Lord, send me a cross so that I could save a soul. And that's a very bold prayer. I know I don't run up and say, oh, count me in on that. Uh, but again, uh, he did that in Lourdes many times and also in Fatima. And the Lord would send him a cross and sometimes he'd be kicked off of trains and tickets wouldn't work. But he knew it was all about saving a soul. So uh, again, I love his stories about Fatima and Lourdes. And I think he made 30 trips to Lourdes, I think. Uh, he mentioned in one of his books that he made 30 pilgrimages to Lourdes. So uh, it must be something very special there, that's for sure. Yes, I love Lourdes. It's one of my favorite places. I think I've been four or five times. I, I'd have to count and <laughs> name the dates and uh, years that I went. But anyways, you know, one of the things that strikes me about Lourdes and Fatima is the celebration of the sacraments. And I, I've served as an auxiliary confessor in Lourdes, France, meaning I went to the shrine, I heard confessions, I worked for them, uh, you know, for, for two weeks doing that. So uh, what I always noticed was people would go to the grotto and then they would be drawn to confession. It was like they came for Our Lady and she said, well, now you got to go talk to my son. And so they would go and make their confession. And you have an anthology on the book of sacraments. And so... Uh, we know that there are seven sacraments instituted by Christ, outward signs. They give us grace. And so he wrote a book, actually, uh, that lots of times, you know, if I have a devout couple, I maybe you'll correct me on this, but if I have a devout couple who really loves their faith and wants to know more, I would give them a copy of The uh, Three to Get Married. But, you know, if it's kind of just a couple that is going maybe going through the motions you could say like they're just getting married in the church because they know it's the right thing uh and maybe they haven't gone as deep maybe i would be a little reserved to give it to them but he wrote a book on god in the center of one's marriage in three to get married and so uh what kind of wisdom does he share about the sacraments in general right well I think, you know, again, Fulton Sheen, I knew the sign of the times. And I always say, why did he write this book and when did he write this book? So um, in 1962, he wrote the book, These Are the Sacraments. And it was a beautiful book that he included pictures that were done by the famous photographer Karsh. And uh, so it's a beautiful, beautiful presentation. But he just took what he knew and he said, you know, I think... People are ignorant of the sacraments. So I think if you ask people to name the seven sacraments and maybe uh, give a short explanation of what the sacraments are, many of us would fail. We, we couldn't really 
tell people what our faith is and what the sacraments are. And so he knew that. And so he thought, I'll put something to pen, put some beautiful pictures with it, and uh, again, encourage people to purchase the book and have it in their home as a reference. Because sometimes sacraments creep up on us. All of a sudden, oh, my teenage son's going to be confirmed. Oh, what is confirmation all about? Well, Fulton Sheen wrote about what it is, you know. Uh, and the same thing with preparation for First Holy Communion, First Confession. Uh, Fulton Sheen explains what the sacraments are. So uh, this anthology that I put together, I thought every Catholic home should have this book because typically a couple gets married, they have children, and then they raise their children in the sacraments. And those children leave home, they get married, and they raise their children in the sacraments. So um, it's this beautiful um, cycle, but again, you need to have a playbook. And uh, for a couple who want to give God a chance, um, it's a beautiful, um, you know, uh, I always say many good suggestions there uh, in the book. And I think if you put God at the center, um, then all of a sudden it becomes a little bit easier. And uh, if you want to try to do a marriage without God, go ahead, but look at the divorce rate. Uh, we see the statistics, uh, but when God is inserted and given prime place, uh, there's a good chance uh, the marriage will last. So uh, that title is just so appropriate, Three to Get Married. And uh, even there's a little reference to widows um, and widowers in the book and that uh, when a spouse passes away, um, because there's three, there's still one to draw themselves to. And so uh, many a sad widow uh, have found the Lord because the Lord was always there in the marriage and they grow in love even more with the Lord. So uh, there are three there, uh, the man, the woman, and Christ. And so a beautiful formula for success. Uh, but we need the sacraments in our life and uh, some of us need to know and brush up on the sacraments. So uh, there's a book for that. You have five anthologies. We've talked about three of them. You referenced War and Peace a little bit earlier. That's your latest one. The other one is The Greatest Commandment. So when you put together these anthologies, you perused the writings and works of Fulton Sheen, all of these books, uh, over 60 books he's written, as we've discussed already. You encountered, first of all, Peace of Soul. That was your first kind of meeting of Fulton Sheen. We mentioned already victory over vice, and we've talked about the world's first love and three to get married. Is there another book, beside the ones we've already mentioned, that you would say, this is a must-read book from Fulton Sheen? Well, there's always a life of Christ, and I, you know, I, I can't... Um stress the importance of that book um, in people's lives because I think, do we really know who Christ is? And sometimes we have to answer, no, I don't really know who he is. Um, I think Jesus even said to his apostles, who do they say I am, you know? Um, and if I asked someone, who is Jesus to you? Um, you know, sometimes the answer would be not um, what you would expect, but um, still I think Fulton Sheen knew that People needed to uh, fall in love with Christ, but understand who Christ is. And so the book Life of Christ um, is a beautiful, what I call, Lexio Divina of Fulton Sheen unpackaging the scriptures, all the mentions of Christ. He just then explains it. And so when you read the book Life of Christ, and it's quite a large book, uh, you will understand who Christ is and, um, again, what his mission was, that he came into this world to die. 
to die for our sins so that we could be saved. And so um, I always say, Life of Christ, it's a big book, but it's a very thorough and complete book. And uh, many formators have said to um, you know, seminarians especially, um, if you have to study any Life of Christ, because there was a number of them that were written, take Fulton Sheen's Life of Christ with you. It's the best. So uh, I always say Life of Christ is a must-have, a must-read for everyone. Uh, of course, my five anthologies, I always say to them, you know, uh, and I, what I love about the anthologies is that you get, you know, seven books in one, you get four books in one. You, um, I'm a thrifty person, so instead of buying seven books i can buy one book for 18.95 so uh again i'm a thrifty soul many of uh, our listeners are thrifty too so uh but life of christ is one of those books i recommend uh for people to read and of course the world's first love is also a book that every home should have so um again i think if you had to only pick a few books um there you go a few anthologies and life of christ and the world's first love and you're set with fulton sheen Everybody needs a Fulton Sheen library, uh, his works on their bookshelf. Uh, and great spiritual reads, and if you engage in the holy hour, you know, you could bring these along and read them in a weekly holy hour uh, when you adore the Blessed Sacrament. One of the things I want to talk about, and this is a bit controversial, I suppose, there's two aspects of it, and the first would be the, the fact that there was this cause of canonization for Fulton Sheen, and many people were disheartened when it was kind of stalled back in the day, and some people thought maybe it was because when he was Bishop of Rochester in New York that maybe there was mishandling of sexual abuse or something like that, like that was the speculation. Uh, but why did his cause all of a sudden come to a halt, and will it ever begin again? All right. Um, I get this question often, and I always like to clarify things just to help make sense of it all, because I think we're all kind of in the dark. Um, we don't know what what is going on. And, and I try to say to people, um, saints are canonized in God's perfect timing. Uh, we're a little bit spoiled with Mother Teresa and John Paul II, those good souls were, um, I'd like to say fast-tracked, but <laughs> in the sense that they, it was very quick, the process was very quick where they died and then of course became venerable, blessed, and then saints uh, relatively in a short time. And so I think we were expecting that with Fulton Sheen. We were expecting, you know, a quicker um, process and things were moving along well. Um, you know, in 2012, uh, Pope Benedict declared Sheen blessed. Um, again, in um, again in 2014, that's where there was some issues regarding Fulton Sheen's remains, and that was settled in the courts. But um, even when Fulton Sheen's, um, you know, uh, cause moved even f uh, along even quicker with the approval of the miracle of the young boy that was dead for 61 minutes and came back to life. And so when the Holy Father signed that document, he then moved the cause forward for the beatification celebration. And then there was the postponement. And I clarify and say it's a postponement and not a cancellation. Like the cause has not been paused, canceled. It's uh, very much still going forward. Um, 
And what we've been doing because, of, again, the, um, I want to say the environment of the church and being very sensitive to uh, all the crises that we see in the church, um, the church error uh, erred in the side of caution. And, uh, you know, we're still on God's perfect timing. So I say all we're waiting for in the Diocese of Peoria is waiting for the Vatican to give us a new date. Um, everyone that knows Fulton Sheen's history knows that him as a person, he's a very wise and holy man. There is no um, nothing inappropriate uh, ever done in his life. Um, the issue that they wanted to look at was some handling of some priest in um, the Diocese of Rochester. And uh, we believe all of those... Um, uh, issues have been vetted and cleared, and um, it just takes time for all of the paperwork to be sorted out. But um, um, again, even if there was an issue uh, in the Diocese of Rochester, I think people are saying, you know, at the end of the day, Fulton Sheen, his writings, his character, um, the man is a blessed. He is a saint. And so uh, we're just waiting for a new date because we believe in our heart of hearts, and I think all of America and the world does, is that, um, you know, this was um, not so much a tactic of the evil one to kind of slow this thing down, but still, it, it, it happens. So, um, again, we just patiently await the new date from the Vatican. Uh, we didn't hear anything over the last two and a half years, because that was the whole idea, give us time to look, and so... Nothing has come out of New York State or any of the dioceses of New York, and so we we know all along everything was well and good. So um, we just have to be patient, and so we wait for the phone call from the Vatican saying, "Here's your new date." So uh, that's my official statement. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense, but sure. uh, I always I always say to people, "We will see this beatification in our lifetime." Um, but again, we were spoiled a little bit with John Paul II. And Mother Teresa, and I think we were expecting the same uh, for Fulton Sheen. Another highlight of Fulton Sheen news that took place uh, in the past few years was the transfer of his body, his re earthly remains, from St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York to Peoria, Illinois. It was controversial. There were legal battles over it. Are you happy he's back home in Peoria? Oh yeah, I'm I'm happy. See, I'm I'm a neutral candidate in that I'm from Canada, so people always ask me what my perspective is. Um, I always say I understood uh, the position of the Diocese of New York. I understand uh, their uh, mindset that Fulton Sheen spent many years in New York. Uh, New York embraced him uh, to some degree, um, called them his own. Um, he bought a plot in. New York uh, to be buried, and so um, I think they were kind of always holding claim to him to say, um, you know, he wanted to be buried in New York, leave him here, uh, and we've given him a place, a place of prominence in the cathedral. Um, and so, but yet, when you look at his whole life and you see how he has so, he was so attached to Peoria. Um, he would visit Peoria every year to visit family, even though he lived in New York. He always came back and had masses of Thanksgiving, met with his relatives. Um, you could always just tell, you know, he went out east, but he was really from the Midwest. And he loved his hometown. He loved the, uh, the people of Peoria. And remember, he was on loan 
to the Catholic University of America for all those years. He was always uh, attached to the Diocese of Peoria. So uh, when he became a bishop in 1950, he was was then available to the world, but for all those other years, he was attached to the Diocese of Peoria. So uh, I like to say when you do the math, Peoria wins, and also his heart was there, and the people of uh, Peoria, that's where his family is, it just made sense that he would come home. So, And I think this is why the courts decided that it would be best that he his remains come. And it took five years of uh, wrangling, but it was worth it, and I think he's in the right spot. And the amount of pilgrims that come to his tomb in Peoria uh, far exceed the numbers of visitors in New York City. Uh, New York City is a very difficult place to visit. It's expensive. It's hard to find parking. And, um, you know, again, the tomb wasn't always open uh, for public veneration. But uh, now having his body in Peoria, Illinois, the Cathedral of St. Mary's, uh, many visitors come and make pilgrimage. And so uh, and they've actually built a retreat center uh, there in Peoria. So um, they're really set up for visitations, and so many have come to uh, pray at the tomb of Fulton Sheen in Peoria. You've done a lot of work with Bishop Sheen. You will continue to popularize him and share his wisdom through these anthologies uh, that you have compiled. Do you have another anthology in the works, or are you waiting for that Holy Spirit moment of inspiration? Well, I have to wait for the Holy Spirit. These are five anthologies that and, and, you know, take 20 of his books. So, um, you know, people always say, well, the 66 books, now you've got how many of his books in these anthologies? And I I say, you know, there's about 20 of his books in the anthologies. And um, so there is some more. There, there's one more I have in my mind. Um, but it's this idea of um, sometimes like when you have five children, <laughs> I'm not saying that my books are my children, but you, you kind of say, okay, I'm going to manage these five and uh, take care of them and, and help share them with uh, everyone, the community at large. But um, uh, there always is room for one more. There always sure. is just like any large Catholic family. There's always room for one more, right? So, uh, but for now, we'll, we'll go with the five and I will continue to um, I share the wisdom of Sheen with an audience. And, um, you know, my, my little website, a humble endeavor I set up in 2012, it's, it's just simply called bishopsheentoday.com because we need Bishop Sheen today. And um, there I just posted all his videos. I found all his YouTube videos floating around on the Internet, put them into one, uh, you know, uh, channel or tab uh, found all of his audio recordings, found a number of downloadable books. And so uh, I just say to people, come to bishopsheentoday.com. It's absolutely free. And just spend hours with Fulton Sheen, watching his videos, listening to his talks. And he grows on you. He really does. He's grown on you. He's grown on me. And, um, you know, this is why he has hundreds of thousands of souls to his record, because he convinced us in a very beautiful way to love Jesus and to love Mary. It goes really back to what you said about peace of soul and that it start out with like the purpose is to save souls. And even in his life, I remember reading in his autobiography that he 
walked with people in Hollywood and really helped to save their soul and famous people. He gained many converts, and that'll still happen today as people encounter his writings and his works, as they read, as they listen to him as well. And one of the ways you can read and listen to Fulton Sheen's voice is through these different anthologies available from Sophia Institute Press. Alan Smith, grateful you joined me today, and thanks so much for sharing your great love for Fulton Sheen, and I hope you've inspired some other people uh, maybe to investigate him and to come to know him a bit more. Yes, thank you. And of course, I want to give uh, one last shameless plug to our good folks at Sophia Institute Press. I mean, they have been so generous to you and me in publishing our books, and uh, they always want to give people a special discount, and uh, they have a Sheen 25% off discount, and because people are buying Sheen's uh, collections, um, you know, a lot of times buying two or three uh, when they're visiting the website. And so uh, if you purchase two Sheen books, um, you can get the 25% discount by using the promo code SHEEN25. And they can even add your books to the order too. So anything from Sophia, if you order two books from Sophia, say uh, one of my anthologies and one of your books, Father, or maybe two of your books or two of mine, they can get the 25% discount by just putting the promo code SHEEN25 when they check out. Well, that's great to know. I had no idea. So thanks for that plug. And that's another way that you can get the book, How They Love Mary, the title book of this podcast, now also available from Sophia Institute Press. So thanks for sharing that, Alan. And I look forward to seeing you online and conversing with you hopefully again in the future. Yes. Thank you, Father. And uh, God love you and uh, keep you. And uh, we'll just keep working in the vineyard of the Lord as much as we can. And uh, with Mary's help, uh, we will do well. So uh, go to Mary. And uh, of course, go to Joseph and go to Jesus. But uh, again, go to Mary and she'll treat you right. So uh, thank you for your love of Mary and uh, look forward to coming back once again in the near future. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. I am honored by how many people listen to How They Love Mary. I hope that you'll continue to listen over the upcoming months as we continue to go through lesson by lesson my book, How They Love Mary, 28 Life-Changing Stories of Devotion to Our Lady. If you are touched by today's episode, consider sharing it on social media. And if you haven't already done so, please rate and review the podcast so that it might help others find it as well. Again, thanks so much for listening. Know of my prayers for you. Please pray for me. God bless you and Mary intercede for you.